So how y'all doing? I want to I wanna begin today by kind of throwing out a question. So this will be kind of an interactive part. What We're talking about reach, right? And I want to hear from you. When you think about your experiences in the past with evangelism, with things like that, what kind of feelings are evoked? What comes to mind when you think about evangelism? Anxiety. Good. So there's some positive, there's some negative, there's a whole lump thing in here. So anxiety is definitely one. Happiness. Happiness, compassion. Happiness, compassion. Joy. Joy. Privilege. Privilege. Good. Frustration. Frustration, Frustration. sure. Absolutely. Urgency. Conversations. Urgency. Urgency. Yeah, good. Some other thoughts? Say that again? Rejection. Right. Rejection. Say that again? Awkward redirection of the topic. Right. Yeah, all of these things kind of come into play. There's a lot of different feelings. On the, the positive side and the negative side of the scale, there's all these different kinds of things. And we've probably all had different experiences throughout our lives. So we're in the middle of our all-in series, and we've been talking about this idea of reach. Of reach. And we see God doing this all over Scripture. He's doing it all over Scripture. His continual work of reaching out to the world. And Paul writes in Romans that God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were sinners. Christ died for us. So we have this picture of God reaching out to us even when we're at our worst. And he continues to reach out to us today. And and as Jesus' followers, we want to continue to participate in his mission of reaching out to others. And reaching out to the world, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That's his mission, and we get to be a part of it. So we have this thing, reach, outreach, evangelism, preaching the good news. These are all the same. And, and one of the ways we demonstrate God's love is by reaching out in love. And only some of the message that the church has employed doesn't always feel so loving. Right? It doesn't always feel that way. So just to review the, the past couple weeks a little bit, two weeks we brought this attention to this critical truth in Scripture that lost people matter to God, right? And we looked at three successive stories that Jesus shared in Luke chapter 15. Uh, the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and, and the lost son, or the prodigal son. And in each of these stories, we see that there was a time of great, great celebration when each of these things were found, Right? And, and Jesus said that, that when one person repents, that there is great rejoicing in heaven. When just one person repents, there's great rejoicing. So lost people matter to God, and God wants them found, right? And then last week, Pastor John talked about some different methods of evangelism. And one of them was strong-arm evangelism, which included um, a lot of the techniques that the church has used in the past— um, things like evangelism explosion, uh, the, four, um, the four spiritual laws, Romans Road, televangelism, all this kind of stuff is, is kind of a strong-arm evangelism. It's very high truth. Like usually you're, you're telling people they're going to hell, 
And there isn't a really a lot of grace or invitation in, in this. It can be coercive. It can be manipulative. Not that it always is, but sometimes we put ourselves in a win-lose situation so that we fear rejection because, because we put ourselves in this place. And even though there's some of this negative kind of things in it, like we would be wrong to say that this did not have an effect. Because I can look around and I see many, a number of us have been, we've come to know Jesus through these methods, right? Or maybe our parents have. And so God used these. And he used these greatly. But the reality is that times are changing. And the world is changing. And these aren't necessarily going to work so much anymore because these types of things, they, they kind of make the assumption that people know the Bible and they believe it. And we are increasingly in a biblically illiterate world. They don't know the Bible. And even if you point out Scripture, they're not going to just assume that that's true because it's just one book among many. So you can't use the Bible really to do that anymore. There's increased skepticism of the church. There's increased skepticism of Christians. And so a lot of this stuff is just not going to have the effect that it once did. So some alternatives to this he shared were friendship evangelism. And we just kind of get the idea that we can just kind of hang out with our friends. And, and they know that we go to church and that we love God. And so after time, it's just going to happen. They're going to get to know God too, right? And that doesn't really happen either. There's no evangelism which we just kind of check out of this whole process and we don't do anything for one reason or another. Maybe we're apathetic or, or what. And then he briefly touched on something called call-up evangelism, which is what Jesus did, being present to people and contextualizing the gospel in a way that was meaningful to them in their situations. And we're going to talk more about that next week and kind of look at more of what this call-up evangelism looks like. Um, but today isn't going to be a typical, it's not going to be a typical message. Um, evangelism is an area that I have struggled with all my life. Um, a lot of feelings towards it. And it's probably one of those things that pastors are really good at telling people, like, you need to go do this, you need to go evangelize, you need to do this. And sometimes we can put, like, guilt and shame in it just to kind of help, you know, maybe coerce you to do things. And a lot of times, I don't think we're really good at doing it ourselves because we're in the church, and so you guys got to go out and do things. And so we're not always good at practicing what we preach when it comes to this. Pastor John is good. I'm not, and I've known a lot of other pastors that, that have not. But the expectation is that the church needs to go out and evangelize. And so this is an area that I'm growing in. And today I'm just going to share my story and a lot of my own struggles that I've had when it comes to outreach. And then next week we're going to come back together and hopefully put some feet on what this could look like. Okay? So this is, this is how recent this is. In the spring of this year, 2018, um, I was given an assignment. And Pastor John and I have shared over the last year, like, we were in a discipleship cohort. So we met in a discipleship kind of thing every week. And so one of the assignments we had was just beginning, it was a section we were just starting on evangelism. And I was really excited because I knew, like, I'm not very good at this. Like, I, I need work. Like, it was a thing that was definitely lacking in my life. And on the other hand, I was terrified 
because I hated everything I saw about evangelism. It scared me to death. I didn't like it. It felt like it was, um, it was just awkward. It, it, I've seen it where it's just kind of pushy. Um, there's an insincerity that sometimes comes across, and it's some things that I've seen. So, like, I was excited because I knew I needed this in my life, and I needed to do this to be part of God's mission. But the other part of this, I was scared. So our first assignment was we were supposed to do a prayer walk and walk through our neighborhood and just pray and ask God for, just be open to what God would have for us, kind of make observations about everything in our, in our community and kind of things that stick out we'll pray about and being present to God in the moment. And we were told that uh, if we got to connect with anybody, we'd you know, start up a conversation, not to evangelize them or not to like, start talking about even spiritual things necessarily, but just start a conversation and, and see what happens. And so being the, uh, the person I am and getting right on top of this right away, I waited until the night before to do this. It was, it was Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We, we do our cohort thing on Wednesday mornings. It was Tuesday at 7 p.m., and I started going into my community and walking the streets, and I was praying. And I thought it would be kind of a more of an active kind of time for whatever reason, and it, it wasn't. It was dead. Dead. Like every house, the doors were closed, the windows were closed. It seemed like every door, every house that I passed, it was dark inside, nothing going on. Just completely empty. There's like no cars. And it's like, this is weird. What in the world is wrong with this? And so like once in a while, I might catch a glimmer of the TV screen or something in the back, but there's like no signs of life. I saw one person outside their house that night. And the guy would not make eye contact with me to save my life. So I said, okay, I'm not going to talk to him. That's weird when you try to talk to somebody and they just won't make eye contact with you. Right? So I, I was just going to, I was looking for the next one. And just continuing to walk street after street after street. And it was all the same. It was just dead. And I'm getting frustrated. Like, what in the world? This is ridiculous. How am I going to do that? How, am I, how can I reach out to people if like, they just, it can't happen? They're all closed in. And I'm continuing to walk. I'm trying to be present to God. And just continuing to get more and more frustrated. And... At some point, you know, like God will like kind of point things at you in your life, and He does it in kind of this loving way and gentle way, but it's still just kind of. So I'm walking, and I feel like He's saying to me, "You know what, Michael, your house isn't any different than these houses. Your house is exactly like this one. Your door is shut. You guys are completely closed off to everybody around you." You're no different. And then so, like, I'm acknowledging, I'm letting that sink in a little bit, and I'm continuing to walk. And then, like, a little bit more. And he says, and you know what? You are like these houses. You are completely shut off from everybody. You are so focused on what you're going to or what you've got next that you are completely ignorant of everything around you and what I'm trying to show you and what I'm trying to do around you. You don't even see it happening because you're so focused on doing stuff. And that hurt. That stung a lot. And I had to wrestle with that. And that was tough. 
So the, the funny thing is, like, after this happened, then I was going on home, and I was just kind of done, and then I had some crazy person yell at me from across the street, Hey, Pastor! And it was Ron Simulink. And because <laughs> he lives right by. But that was the end of that. But during the, the prayer walk was very, it was frustrating for me. And so we came into our discipleship cohort that morning on a Wednesday, 6.30 a.m. Stinks. I hate it. But, but we did it. And so I shared some of, like, we shared, like, kind of our experiences, what happened. And then at the end of this cohort, Mac, which you guys may have heard him preach in August when some of us were in Thailand, he starts drawing on the whiteboard this map. And I think he did some of this here too. He starts drawing this map, and he has his house and his neighbor's houses and the street and all these houses. And then he starts telling me, well, this guy's name is Bob, and his wife's name is Ann, and they have three kids, uh, you know, John, Jacob, and Gretchen, and he works here. They've been married for this long. Last year, he had some health issues. Like, and he starts going on to this incredible detail, like every single house all around him. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy? Like, who does that? That's weird. And at the same time, I'm thinking, oh man, I suck. I don't know anybody in my neighborhood. I know nobody. I think I can think of two names. Out of everybody, I might know some faces, I've seen them, but I don't know anybody. And like, so I'm, I'm realizing as he's doing this that my neighborhood is a mission field, and I have no idea. It's a mission field, and I, I, I've, I don't know what to do. And so the, the next week, we kind of process these things some more, and I recognized through a lot of help, because there's so many things I was not aware of. You know, that we don't reflect. We don't take time to reflect. We don't take time to, to meet with God and just allow him to bring awareness to a lot of the things in our lives. But as we were working the next week, um, I recognized that I have a lot of negative images of what evangelism looks like from my past. Um, I was raised in the church, and when the pastor would talk about evangelism, I knew it was one of those things that I wasn't doing. And, you know, I said, like, sometimes you feel like this kind of guilt and shame coming on you. And so I just, I felt bad about it. I didn't know what to do with it. But they're just kind of negative. And I had these, these things where I just felt like it's, it's awkward and it's pushy. And I've seen it done so badly. And I, I never could figure out, like, how you can have that conversation shift into something. Like, if you've got a friend and he's telling you, like, my boss is terrible. I'm working my butt off. He doesn't see me do anything, and I'm trying, and just like, and then how do you kind of break into that? It's like, interesting. Do you, do you know that if you die today that you might go to heaven? Like, how do you make that shift? And I never knew how to do that, and it was just kind of a, a weird thing and something that I struggled. Like, I didn't get how to do that. And so there's this idea of evangelism that I had to be a certain way right? And I was believing that I had to be somebody I'm not. Because that wasn't natural. That wasn't who I was. And I'm thinking I have to, in order to do this, I have to be somebody that I'm not. And then as I'm thinking in our community, and I'm looking out in our neighborhood, I'm thinking, how can I connect with these people, right? Because they're all closed in, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have to be out in my yard and just, God, no. I, like, I hate yard work. I hate gardening. 
like I know like Jess, my wife, she loves gardening. She loves doing that stuff and getting her hands all in the dirt and moving stuff and digging stuff and digging weeds. Like, God, no. I hate that. I don't get how people love to do that. You know, God bless you, but I can't stand it. So I'm thinking I'm going to have to go and do this stuff just so I can have this chance that somebody walking by maybe I could connect with. Or just sit out in front of my, my patio on my door and just hope that somebody walks by that somehow we can create a... It's just, how does that happen? And so I'm thinking, I have to do something that I don't want to do. So I have to be somebody I'm not. I have to do something I don't want to do. And then on top of it, I've recognized, like, I'm busy. Anybody busy? It's a lot of busy people. And so evangelism to me was just, it would be one more thing. One thing added on. And I don't know if you guys, like, it's always a struggle trying to balance family, trying to balance ministry. It just, life, and now, like, maybe you're not doing that, but life is so busy. And the idea of trying to figure out how to do one more thing, it just, it's just not possible, right? And so evangelism to me is completely separate from, from just living my life. And so I felt, like, I felt like I had to be somebody I'm not, do something I don't want to do, and there's one more thing that I had to add on somehow to my life. And sometimes in the past I would think I had to do this in order for God to be happy with me. And I found that's not exactly the case either. So we're going to do something a little different in just a little bit. But I want to kind of touch. These are some things that keep us from telling people about Jesus, from sharing our faith, from sharing our experiences, from sharing our stories. Um, And there's some other things also. And I think there's also a heart kind of thing where maybe we're not excited about God, we're not excited about Christianity or what God is doing in our life because maybe when we were presented with the gospel, it was simply the plan of salvation where when you die, then you get to go to heaven instead of that nasty, fiery pit place, which nobody wants to go to, right? And so our whole experience in life isn't about living with Jesus now in relationship, which really is what the gospel is. It's about the kingdom of God now. Jesus breaking into our world and us being able to know him. But our understanding of the gospel is that when we die, we don't have to go to the bad place. And if that's our perception of it, like that's not going to help us really reach out too because it has no impact on our lives today. And the thing is when we're talking to people, like nobody's thinking about when they die unless they have a terminal illness or something. So try to bridge that gap. It's like, it just, it's not, they're not going to listen. But what is God doing now? What is he doing in the present? And that's something like if you don't know Jesus in that way and the freedom, the, the peace, the just incredible journey as he's like showing things to you day by day, moment by moment, like I hope we can have that. I hope, I want that for you. But I want to take some time, and let's just be honest. Be honest about where we are in this whole thing, some of the struggles that we face, some of the hard things, some of the things that kind of turn us off from evangelism, and some of the, the negative things that we've seen in the past. Because Jesus meets us where we really are. He meets us where we really are. And a lot of times as Christians, as believers, we have to think, we think we have to put on this perfect image and not let people in, and like we hide from, from God. But throughout is he knows our hearts better than we ever could. Like he knows exactly what's going on. 
And I think in order to grow, sometimes we have to come to this place in, in our lives where we just, this is where I'm at, God. And I need you to do something here. I need help. Because if we just pretend that everything is okay, it's kind of hard for them to help us if we're not willing to admit that there's a problem. Right? So again, we're going to put some feet on this next week and kind of go into some details. But today, I just want to I want to hear your stories. And so we're going to break up into small groups. We're going to break up into small groups. There's going to be some handouts ushers are going to pass out. And I'd like you to see if we can make it not more than six people in a group. If we can do that. So if you've got like a big families, like you guys over here, I'd encourage you to split that in half and then go find some people that you don't hang out with all the time. These Gallipos are bad. Watch out for them. Yeah. Can we do that? The, the good thing is your chairs, they move. You can pick them up, you can turn them around, and you can get in a circle. And it's awesome. So let's just start doing that. Let's break in the groups right now. And I'll give you a, a few more instructions as we start.